Man, it's all we can depend on. It's the only anchor, the only foundation we have that we know will not falter, won't fail, won't collapse and crumble. Because through it all, He'll be still standing there beside you. Amen. That's what we want to build our hopes on and anchor into. Amen. Why don't we turn our Bibles this evening? Exodus 12. definitely going to be depending tonight on him. <laughs> I'm a little nervous on the subject. I pray, Lord, just maybe there's just something that the Lord will drop in your heart tonight to maybe encourage you. Maybe a little, a few more scriptures. I usually don't read a lot of opening scripture, but I'll maybe just take a little bit this evening and we'll start, we'll just start at Exodus 12, 1 and we'll We'll work our way down to 14. So just read with me here. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls, Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from out of the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the morning, or sorry, in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, and your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord and the blood shall be to you for a token. Amen. Amen. Upon the houses where ye are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Amen. Powerful, sobering, tough for me to read through. Bear with me. You may have your seats. That wasn't an easy time, I can imagine. But maybe tonight we'll just talk a little bit about about the token, the blood. And through the years, I know that I've heard many different ones probably speak on it, and you've heard the messages, I'm sure. And different questions come up, you know, just through different camps and different things that we've 
had a chance to be a part of and do I have the token? What is a token? We have a lot of little ones, young ones growing up and we can take for granted that maybe they've, they've heard these things and they've been spoke to it about them, maybe in their homes, maybe they haven't. So I'm not taking that for granted tonight. I'm just going to just speak things that you've heard probably many times. And if it applies, and you know, and you just say amen, would you tonight? And maybe the Lord is searching for a soul tonight. But it's to me, it shouldn't be a complicated thing. God works in simplicity. We know this. He's not an author of confusion. He's not going to create something that is unattainable, that you can't understand, you can't figure out, and require something that you don't even know how to attain. I don't believe that's how the Lord Lord works. Satan works that way. He's there to create confusion and doubt and questions and reasonings and such to hinder our walk as a Christian and weaken us and really how us live under privilege is really what he would be wanting us to do. So I, I'm not just going to, I don't want to just speak on the token itself, but I just want to, I want to speak on tonight confidence in our token. Amen. And confidence is the feeling or the belief that one can rely on something. Okay. It's a firm trust or belief or faith. It's confidence or conviction. And just to lay a small foundation and start my timer at the same time what exactly what's a token we can use the term but just so that we're all aware of what you know what is a token exactly i'll use the simplest example that is is uh real familiar to me right now because i just flew but when you go and fly on a plane you generally don't go you can't go up through the to the gate and pay for your ticket right there at the airplane gate you can't walk up there and pull out your wallet and say you know i'd like to pay debit for my ticket right here it won't even let you there. You can't even get through security without something to prove that you paid for it and get access to that, to that area of the airport. So what do you do beforehand? You have to do something. You have to pay for it and they give you a token or a ticket to get you onto that plane. So then with that ticket that represents your money, you walk up to the, to the, uh, where you're going to give your bags. And they print off another form of a ticket, and it's your boarding pass. Again, representing that something's been paid. Okay, just another little form. Now, But that is your token now to get through to your seat. And you won't get nowhere without that piece of paper that represents the price was paid. This is your token. Well, it is, okay? It's very simple. But just so everyone is all on the same page and we're aware of what a token is, it represents something. It represents that the price was paid to give you access, okay? So here, this was my ticket, my, my boarding pass to my seat. If I didn't have this, it really didn't matter if I paid or not. I could have paid and I lost this, and I could get to the gate and didn't have my token. I still didn't actually have access. I needed proof in hand, and it's checked multiple times against my passport, etc., etc. And we all know the process that have flown. So I need a token. So that's what a token is. It represents the price paid. And when I have this in hand, I'm pretty confident I'm going to get to my seat. Right? There's not much, to, you know, barring something very abnormal. If I have this in hand and all on my passport, I'm getting to my chair. It's a guarantee. I can be confident in that. Amen. 
Now, out of all the tokens, there's various things that, that represent different types of tokens that represent things that have been paid for and symbols and such. But there's one token that embodies the ultimate price that's been paid. There's one thing that is used throughout many areas of our lives and culture and religion and different things. But blood signifies life has been shed. Okay, The ultimate price paid with life is symbolized in blood. It's throughout everything... In the, in the world and through time blood embodies that it's just a symbol that life's been shed blood okay scripture Leviticus 17 11 says for the life of the flesh is in the blood the blood carries our life you know actually through the many many years it took hundreds of years for science to even figure that out if they'd just gone into the scripture they'd find out that the life is in the blood <laughs> so I don't know why they took so long to figure that one out, but it did. It took, and they're still unraveling the mysteries of, of blood. It's an incredible substance that God put in our bodies that travels around our, our uh, system about a minute to travel through our whole body and about up to 500 kilometers, one blood cell travels in its lifetime, all carrying life to your body. Amen? So many different ways. It's fighting infection. It's taking waste products out. It's feeding your oxygen. It's communicating with different organs in your body blood it, it it's the life blood of your body amen it's incredible substance blood but therein it is in lies it's a token that symbolizes when blood's been shed life life has been spent now we're born in sin shaped in iniquity we know through the sin in the garden and after that, no man or, ever, or woman was ever born that didn't have a mark of sin on them. Why? Because we know through the sin, life was perverted in the garden. The perverted life was injected into the human race. And the life that was coursing through the veins of each human is contaminated now with sin. Right? The scripture said that day you eat, that day you die, it was cursed. From that point on, and the blood was now contaminated because it carried the life. So God came down and something innocent now had to pay the price for a sinner because it was death. That was God's curse. So something innocent needed to take the place of a sinner. A life for life was required. That was God's mandate. And we know, and we spoke at last service, and we had the... And the bruising, and God slayed a lamb, and skins, and right away a life was shed, blood was shed, so that Adam and Eve would live. Okay? Right at the beginning. Now it didn't matter how big or small now through the course of, of time as we went now into the, in the beginning of the scriptures, and sin required a sacrifice of the, or the person was cut off from God. And blood was what God required. There's many, many different sacrifices that the Jews had to, had to, uh, do and different burnings and offerings that would sanctify and cleanse and purify and the Lord had a lot of ordinances and such, but it was blood that God was requiring. It was the only token that proved a life was shed as a substitute. And you can read through the scripture and there was a lot of shedding of blood. 
Let's think of Solomon's temple when it was dedicated. It was 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. Incredible. And over and over, year and year out, Israel had to constantly provide offering after offering, sacrifice after sacrifice to sanctify, to cleanse, to make themselves clean, to purify themselves. But no matter how many sacrifices they made, they still had a sinful desire. It only cleansed the flesh. And they left that moment of a sacrifice still with a desire to do the sin they had just been cleaned and purified from. But Abraham says, what a beautiful picture. Oh, a redeemed. He says, see, justice had been met and the requirement of God's holy justice had been met. He said, I now require your life. And then when the life had sinned, he said, then an innocent substitute took its place. It was a blood beast, not an apple, not a peach. He said, that ought to absolutely make the servant seed so plain to everybody that it was blood. And this blood could not come out of a fruit, come out of an innocent substitute, and the, life, and the life had gone out, too, in its place. And the blood was a symbol. The beast had died. And the blood was gone out. Amen. And the worshiper then applying that, the blood over to himself, showed that he is identified in the redemption. Because he was identified himself at the sacrifice, it connected himself to the sacrifice, and the blood stood for the token. Okay, amen. We're following thus far. So blood was proof. The life had been spent and the price was paid. That was the token to prove that that happened. That was very important. It was a serious process. It wasn't a willy-nilly thing that they did. You were taking the life of something and identifying yourself with that. And if you can actually put yourself in the place of doing that, we don't actually, probably most of you here just probably very, probably couldn't even handle it. Putting your hands on a lamb. And having his blood shed for you. That was a very sober. It was sobering just, just reading a, the Passover. They did this over and over and over again. Now Israel found themselves at the first Passover at a time where judgment was to strike. And death was coming to strike the land. And the only atonement for that death was again a life that needed to be shed. A lamb. To be shed. So that they had protection. A token. They'd been 430 years in bondage. And it was coming to the end. And they'd had already now a whole. About a handful of plagues. The river turned to blood. Frogs, lice, flies, pestilence on the cattle. Boils, fire, hail that turned into fire. Locusts, darkness. Egypt was laid to waste. You go through what they did. And constantly. I, I, I almost feel bad for Pharaoh because God continually hardened his heart and hardened his heart. And he couldn't even, if he wanted to, let the people go. But nonetheless, God was showing his power. But now, after these plagues, it, it, something is turned different. Different really fast. When Moses now came out and, started, and gave the children of Israel what was now going to happen. The death angel was going to come and what they needed to do this was different they'd seen all the signs and wonders now produced through egypt and anybody that was in goshen had benefited from the safety of goshen 
right? Darkness didn't come in Goshen. The plagues didn't come in Goshen. It was a place of safety. But the death angel was coming through Goshen too. So things had changed. Anybody that was just a make-believer or on the borderline, it was now going to affect them. You couldn't hide in the safety of Goshen. Now the death angel was coming and you had to have a blood across your door. Action was required from each household. There's no escaping. No escaping the judgment. So all must take a lamb and put blood on the door. And they started a process of cleaning. And cleaning the home. Leaven had to go out of the home. They took that lamb and had to have it for 14 days. They had to check that it didn't have a blemish on it. They had to go through these processes to make sure. Because you can imagine as someone as a head of the home. As a daddy of the home. They wanted to make sure that this lamb will tone for my home. And my firstborn is saved. And man, you can imagine the seriousness of the time. So they took the lamb, who would have slain the lamb. Scripture says in the evening time, they took the lamb. And all Israel, all the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they'll take the blood. Many, however many have seen the, we did a skit on that many years ago. and Always a sobering thing to see the, the, the man of the home, he had his son there. And there was a the little bowl of blood, a token, that was going to cover that doorpost and fend off the death angel. There was no borderline believing then. Amen. A release. Now, the, at one point, soberly, this was a release from their bondage. This was the final piece that was going to bring them out of the promised land. Amen. So it was meticulous. It was a cleanup time. Token time, a cleanup time. And we can apply that to ourselves now. It's evening time, but Abraham clearly says, we're in evening time. This is our evening time. We're at the end. Judgment about to strike. And we can go through our own homes in applying this token. You, they had to go through their home and make sure not a stitch of leaven in the, in the home. Nothing. No unbelief. Nothing in that household. Amen. I'm sure it was done to the letter. Death was coming and it wouldn't, it wasn't going to be pretty. And they took that little hyssop and we know what hyssop stands for is just that simple faith. My man, they were just taking simple faith. It wasn't a complicated process. It wasn't a very hard thing to, to do. They'd, they'd know, they knew how to sacrifice a lamb. They'd done this before. And they took just something simple, some simple hyssop that grew everywhere. And they were able to use that to start striking the doorpost. And applying the blood. It wasn't unattainable for Israel to apply the token. This was Israel's message of their hour. This was their message of their hour. Amen. And no one else's idea of how to save themselves from the death angel was going to work. Somebody else's concoction or some idea or some message. There was no other message but Moses's that was going to save them from the death angel. Amen. Their own idea was death. Right. Now, it would be naive, I think, to think that everybody would just believed. Or Brown said there's 
three groups of people, make-believer, unbeliever, and a believer. But those that followed the words of Moses could be confident that all was safe. Amen? Sobering, yes. But they were doing that with confidence that the death angel would not strike their home. Amen? So sobering on one side, serious on the one side, but on the other side, what joy, what peace that they would have had saying, I'm just following what the prophet said. This is the message of the hour. This is what we need to do. Take our simple hyssop. Put, kill a lamb. Take the blood. Post it up. Strike the doorpost. I'm doing it. I'm doing everything he said. I'm putting the... And now when the death angel starts coming and the night starts to get silent. But there was confidence in homes that had blood on the door. Amen? That's what we want to speak on is the confidence in the token. It's applied. There's no worry. There's no fretting. Because there's blood on a doorpost. Amen? The firstborn son didn't have to wonder, oh, dad, am I getting... No, there's blood on the door. I'm confident because Moses' message had been vindicated over and over and over again. So they knew I can be confident in that word so that the solution, I will not have a firstborn son dead in my home because I can be confident in the message of that hour. Amen. Brother Brown says he follows a certain order. He doesn't change his order. He prepared Israel in a certain specific way. He sent a prophet, Moses. He identified it with the pillar of fire. And then the token was given. Amen? To get under the blood. He said, that's God's order. Prophet vindicated by a pillar of fire. And then here's the token. How to get under the blood. And if you follow that message... There was no fear. The death angel passed. God's bride safe at last. Amen. Israel was safe. And after that, you can imagine the joy that they had. But Abraham says when those horns blowed and they were able to come out of their house because they weren't to, to come out of the house until a specific time. And they came out and, and now what? They were plundering Egypt for all of their jewelry and everything else that they were given to them. And they left the land free. Amen. It was wonderful. We'll go to another example, not too far off, too far away from the Passover, and we'll go to a very familiar time, which was Rahab. Now in Joshua 2, we're 40 years later. Right? All those that had disbelieved in the wilderness weren't there no more, except Joshua and Caleb. Right? Now, I love the story of Rahab. Just reading it and going over and just thinking about Rahab and what she went through, it's actually a very incredible account. I'm just going to read it, and then we'll, we'll fellowship about it. How's that? Now Rahab, the men came into Jericho. We know Jericho was a very heavily walled city. There's different thoughts on what it, uh, how it actually looked, and they've done some recent excavations actually. And some years ago, excavations tried to say that the Bible wasn't true, and they proved it by science that the Bible wasn't true. And then they actually just did another excavation, and it proved that it was all actually correct. Not that the Bible needed any scientific proving, but man, man uh, had to backtrack. 
on their uh, prior findings and how all the different aspects of, of how Jericho fell, etc. Anyways, here we are with this large walled city and Rahab takes these two spies into her home. As it says, she, they lodged there. She was on the, the wall and, and, and the woman took the two men and hid them and and said, thus, there came two men unto me. This is the actually the king of, of Jericho. Um, said to bring those men uh, to, to them because they're spies. And the woman took the two men, hid them, and uh, said, thus, the two men, there, there came men unto me, but I wist not once they were. So right out of the gate, Rahab is doesn't even know these men. She doesn't even know who they are. They're from enemy, essentially, it's where they're from. And she's just hid them on her own accord, and now she's lying. I don't know where they are. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. And what did the men went? I want not. Pursue after them, quickly, for ye shall overtake them. And so then she cons them to go some other way. This is Rahab. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house, and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she laid in order on the roof and the men pursued after them the way of jordan unto the fords and as soon as they which pursued after were gone out they shut the gate and before they were laid down she came up onto the roof this is on rahab's initiative she comes up on the roof and she says i know that the lord hath given you the land i know that the lord hath given you the land what a revelation she had right out of the gate i know the lord's given you the land they're coming to spy the land they don't even, they're seeing if they can even take it. And she says, I know the Lord's given you the land. My. And the Lord has given you the land. And that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. I just want to stop there. That was 40 years ago, the Red Sea. This wasn't yesterday. And I don't think the posterity of, you know, News media and all of that was quite the same as it is now. 40 years ago, just word of mouth. It's a long game of telephone. 40 years of telephone to say what happened. And she's saying, we know how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. 40 years prior to that time. Think about it. And what you did to the two kings of Amorites and where the other side, that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom he utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Incredible. It's incredible how, how much, how Rahab, it just shows you that a predestinated seed, God's going to bring the right people to just one sister in, in all of Jericho. Just happened to come to Rahab. I don't think so. I don't think it just happened. God was sending his messengers right to the seed that was that he knew needed this message. Amen. She believed before the spies even got there. Now, therefore, I pray, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. Hmm. And that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. This is her just coming up to, this, to, the, to the flax where she's hidden them and she just lays it all out right there. I can imagine they're probably looking at each other saying, where, 
where did she come from? Right. <laughs> Incredible. But Rahab wanted a true token. Something she could put her trust in and her confidence in. She knew, she said, I know the Lord has given you the land. So she's saying, I need to be saved. Have mercy on me. I, need to, I know the Lord's given this to you. Jericho is in the line of destruction. And she knew this. Amen. She says, I need a true token. Something she could put her trust in. She knew there was trouble. Jericho was coming down. So now they tell her a true token. Save me. All right. And my father's house and all they're in. So they said, okay, our life for yours. If you utterly utter not this our business and it shall be when the Lord had given us the land. And, she was, and uh, we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window. For her house was upon the town wall. And dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get in the mountain, lest the pursuers come. I'll just skip a couple verses. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath of which thou hast made. Behold, when ye come into land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all their father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood is upon his head, and will be guiltless. And whosoever, whosoever shall be with thee in thy house, his blood shall be upon our head. So she's looking for a true token. And they say, hang a rope. Hang a rope. That, that's it. Just hang, hang this rope outside the window and I'm going to be saved from the destruction of the city. Just hang the rope. It wasn't complicated. It was attainable for her. Maybe a little, maybe she wondered, but she believed their message. Okay? Same theme here. But she had to go beyond just believing, just like they did back in the Passover. They could have believed the message, but not put anything on the doorposts. And it would have done them no good. They would have died. And the same thing with Rahab. She could have believed what they said. She was telling them that God's given this to you and we're, we're in trouble and we're, we quake with fear and I need to be saved. And they could tell her everything that she needed to do. Oh yeah, I believe that. Thank you. Thank you. And then no scarlet thread in the window would have been destruction for Rahab's house. So believing was not just it. Believing was not just it for their message in their day. But she did. Put the scarlet thread out of the window. And she was identifying herself with that message from those messengers. Okay? And I can imagine the ridicule she got. She would have got scorn. Brother Brown said she did. He says, well, you know the day when Rahab put that harlot, the harlot put that string down. I imagine some of them soldiers laughed and made fun. The crazy old woman up there, she's off her head. Look, her got it there. He goes, he laughs. He says, why did you ever hear such? Okay, they, Jericho didn't come down, you know, two days after they left her house. If you go through scripture, there's actually numerous days that go on before they even get across. It was three days for the men hiding the hills. Then Israel cleansed themselves before going over Jordan. Then they get over Jordan. Then they set camp. Then they march. There's time that that robe was hanging down her window. 
And she was known by then all of Jericho that she assisted the enemy. She lied about it because she told the king they went one other direction and they were obviously in her home. She, she bore a reproach for that token that hung in her window for identifying herself with that message. But that changed really fast when they did their final march around Jericho. And it didn't matter what was happening around her at that moment. All the shaking and the yelling and the screaming that was going on in the city. The walls came tumbling down. And then they went into the city and everything was laid to waste. Everything. Hard to imagine. Everything was laid to waste except for what Achan took. But we won't go there. But Rahab was safe in her little home on the wall. Amen. Because she identified herself, put action to the message she was given. And then when all destruction around her, her and her household was saved. Amen. That's the confidence she had in the word of that day and in the token that she had to, that she had to put and identify with. Now, what about our day? We're not under the blood of bulls and goats. These were types. They were shadows pointing to something. Amen. They're pointing to a perfect lamb that would come many, many years down the road. Years of sacrifices. Okay. Hundreds and thousands of liters of blood being shed as atonement for sins. But at one point, at one moment at Calvary, all of that was not needed anymore because the Lamb, amen, amen shed his blood amen. for us. Amen. Years God accepted blood from an animal as a substitute. Okay? It couldn't cleanse the desire, as we've said. But at a moment, Hebrews 9 says, But Christ come, being come and a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve a living God? Amen. I love that scripture. It wasn't just pure blood. It was virgin born, created blood. Amen. Flowing through Emmanuel's veins with God life in it. There's the reason. It wasn't animal life. Amen. It was God life in those veins. The only thing that could substitute could be the sacrifice to cleanse the sin that was flowing through our, our life. A life for a life. God's life was the only one. Therefore, he had to create that body that his blood was flowing through that could then atone for our sin. Amen. It's wonderful. And God became flesh in order to take sinner's place. God manifested in the flesh. Nothing less. God himself. Now here he was, manifested in flesh to take away the sins of the world. And he identified himself in us that we might be identified in him. What a wonderful, wonderful thing that happened at calvary now here's i love this quote now we find out our identification with our sacrifice the life of the sacrifice in us which 
is the Holy Spirit. When that cell broke, when the cell broke at Calvary, it released God. It released God that he had sanctified a people with his own blood. It wasn't just the blood, the chemistry of the blood, but it's the life that was released at Calvary. That's why the blood had to be broke so the life could then come out and come onto you and onto me. Amen? It's wonderful. And God put, and put God in man again. God in you, eternal life. Is that not wonderful? I love it. Amen. Brother Bram says, any Greek scholar knows that's Zoe life, which means God's own life. And the only way you can ever have life, there's only one form of eternal life, and that's God's own. Amen. And you have eternal life. That life was released, that now it could come back on the sinner, and he could become a new creation. Amen. How by grace are you saved through faith in what? The sacrificed lamb of Calvary. And you identify yourself with that sacrifice and that life comes on you. Amen. There's our token. Now we're talking our day. Right? We're blood, the blood on the doorpost, a token, a scarlet thread, a token. What about now? We can, we can point back, but it's now. You must have a token on your life now. Amen. That's where we are tonight. We sing, I claim the blood. Why? First and foremost for our sins. That they're washed away. That they're cleansed. And his guilt, the guilty stains are annihilated never to be seen again. Amen. Lord, have mercy. It's not, again, now this is not complicated. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I repent. I confess my sin. I, I recognize I'm a sinner that needs saving by your blood. Amen. I accept the pardon. At Calvary. That's, that's as simple as it can be. Attainable by all. Lord, I need your blood. Brother Bram says, see, the blood cleanses. And then the spirit, the life, is the token that the blood has been applied. Alright? So the blood cleanses. But the life from that blood, when that cell broke and God's life was released, that life then has to fill you. And that is what identifies that, yes, the blood cleansed you. Because it's represented that in the token of his life inside of you. Amen. The spirit is the token that the blood's been applied. Until the blood is applied, the spirit can't come. Until you're cleaned out and you've, re- you've accepted the pardon, you've accepted the sacrifice of Calvary... And been washed by the blood, the token can't come. That's what Brother Branham says. He says, until the blood is applied, the spirit cannot come. But when the blood's applied, then the spirit is a token sending it back to you that your faith in the blood has been accepted and your fare is paid. Amen. Your fare is paid. It's over. Case closed, he said. You're a Christian. You're a believer. Christ is in you and you're in Christ. Amen. And now the life of Christ starts flowing through and you live Christ. And therein is the token, is the life of Christ living through you. Proof that your fare was paid. But Abraham says, but see, instead of a human being, it was a super, super, super human being. He said, and that makes the human being now not only a human being, but he's a son and daughter of God of the super, 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 super life. 
<laughs> that was in him. Amen. Comes back upon you and changes you from a sinner and the things of the world, a church member, a denominational goer, a born again Christian filled with the spirit, the life of God just flowing you like sparks off an anvil. Amen. Sparks off an anvil and you walk full of virtue, love, gentleness, and the Holy Spirit moving and speaking. Oh my, he says, there you are. And with, he says, the what? Hearing the message, washing the pillar of fire, and blessed assurance. I've passed from death into life. Amen. It's tied back to the message of now our hour. Vindicated by a pillar of fire. And now what are you doing with that message? It's on your hands. It's on our hands. Amen. Moses' message of the hour was put the blood on the doorpost. The spies' message of the hour was put the, put the scarlet robe, put the thread out your window. Amen? And the message of the hour is going to tell us now, you need, a holy, you need the Holy Ghost. Sealing. You need Christ's life living out of you. Proof that God is in you. That's your token. Amen. So it's checkup time. He said judgment came in the evening time for Israel, but so did the token. And Israel knew something was happening leading up to that Passover. But Abraham says, so did Luther know it. They knew something was coming. He said, so did Wesley know it. He said, so did Finney and Knox and Calvin know it. So they knew, he said, this is it. He said, they knew there'd come a time that the pillar of fire would return. They know there'd come a time. He says, it's been a lamb all the way through. He said, the lamb's in Luther's time. It's been a lamb in the Wesley's time, but now he said it's token time that each house must be covered by the token. Amen. There's no way to escape unless you have the life of Christ in you. There was no way to escape without the blood on the door. And there was no way to escape Jericho without being in the house with the scarlet thread. And there's no way to escape destruction and judgment Without now Christ's life in you. That's as simple as it can be. Again, not complicated, attainable. But that's where it is. Christ's life needs to be in us. No one escaped it. No one escaped, like you said, in each of those days. Believing was not enough. Butter Brown says the devil was a believer. The devil was a believer. The king was a believer. And you could have had a lot of different ones that say, I saw the frogs and they all saw the plagues and they saw everything that went on. Wow. And said, yeah, it happened just as, just as Moses said, just as, but around says, I know that's Jehovah God. That's all fine. He says, I'm a circumcised Jew. I'm, I'm of the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That didn't matter. I live a good, clean life. I go to church here, Clover by the way. I'm a, I'm a good boy. I'm a good girl. I believe this message. Think about it. But you've got to get beneath the blood at that day. And you've got to get Christ's life in you in this day. No matter what. I don't care what message you believe, how how long you've believed it. Who you are, where you go, whichever. The token of this hour is God's life living through you. That's the token. Amen? And when we can display the token of the Holy Spirit, so it shows that you've been accepted in Christ. Amen? I'm trying to find a quote, and I can't... It must be on like some other page here. We'll get there. Amen. The blood, covenant blood, is not, Brother Brown says, not recognized without the token. You can claim the blood, 
But unless the token is living through you, the blood is not even recognized. I said, oh my Lord, have mercy. Seal us with your Holy Spirit. Amen. I want that blood recognized. That's where the power is in the blood, the cleansing blood of the Lamb that can take away all sin. But it's not even recognized if you don't have the life of God living through you. That's powerful. I said that's strong, but it's truth. I'm only preaching what Brother Brandon preached. Brother Brandon says, in no other time could this type of message ever happen. Ever happen. It could not have come in Luther's day, Wesley's day. It couldn't even come in Pentecostal. He said nothing could happen. It couldn't have happened till this time. And it's happening for a sign. He says, I wonder what that sign is. That sign then in Moses' time was judgment and death. Same with Jericho. What about now? He says, I wonder what that sign is. He says, oh, little people, my brother, sister, get under the token quickly. He says, don't you take no substitute. He says, don't just imagine it. You need to know. Don't just imagine it. Well, I've grown up here. And, no, no, no. He says, we're not trifling with, we're trifling with judgment and death. They needed to know that the blood was on the door. I think it's there. No, no, there's no I think. They had to know. Amen? Or someone died. He says, we don't want to take any chance on it. You mustn't do it. Okay. Brother Branham says, I'll actually, I missed the line here. Very important one. He says, the mind that was in Christ is in you until all the nonsense of the world is gone. See, until the world's desire Sorry, until the whole heart's desire is him. Okay, I'm going to read that again. You say that you stay there until you know that the token is applied. Until your whole, the mind that was in Christ, is in you. Until all the nonsense of the world is gone. See, until the whole heart's desire is him. Lord Brown now instructing us on how to apply the token. Then you know... Something is happening. He says, these signs will follow them that believe. Now we don't want to take any chance. So he says there, until the whole heart's desire is him. Amen. So desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing to, for something to happen. It's an aspiration or a yearning or a longing, hankering and a craving, a hunger, an eagerness, a determination, an enthusiasm. That's a desire. Okay. A yearning. The Ram says, but your desire can tell who's on the throne of your heart. It's now checkup time. Now you just look inside. What's on? What's the desire of my heart? Okay. We could have been here many years. You could have grown up in the message. And you could have gone to many, many camps. And you can believe this message. And you could claim the blood. Lord, save me. But what's the desire who can tell? We can tell who's on the throne of your heart by your desire. Has that changed? But what you love, that's what tells. You say, well, I think them things are all right, Brother Brown. He says, well, you just remember now in your heart. You know what's there. You know what's there. What is feeding your soul? What your soul's thirsting for? And you can see it satisfies that. If it isn't the word, then there's something wrong. Because the Holy Spirit lives on the word only. So now we're checking up. Where am I? Amen. 
And you can say, that is my desire. I just want the word. My whole focus, my whole heart's desire is God. Lead me. Change me. Do, do whatever you need to do in my life. Lord, I want to please you. That's my heart's desire. Amen. And you can be just like that person inside the house. The blood is on the door. The death angel passed. Because you know, my heart's desire is for you, Lord. Amen. The token applied. Abraham says, now a man that's ever born of the Spirit of God sets his course to the North Star. He says, Hallelujah. He says, and all hell will never shake him. Amen. He goes, I don't say to make, he goes, I don't say he won't make mistakes. And I just want to just touch on that. He says, I don't, I won't say he won't slip and fall. Okay. Please just catch that because we can say, well, I make a mistake and I don't do this. How do I know that? We'll touch on that. But as soon as he can get his feet again, his eyes set on the star yonder, and he moves on. He says, sure, elected. Amen? I'm sure you've all read it, but we know of Sister Bruce that had the little interview with Brother Branham. And I'm just going to take a little excerpt of that. And she says, I make so many mistakes, and I fail so many times. Who's made mistakes? Both hands up in the air. But Abraham says, that's why Christ had to die. With your, so that you, with your mistakes, wouldn't be lauded to you. Amen. He took your mistakes. Your desire in your heart is to serve him. Amen. Sister Bruce says, yes, all right. That's what he died for, so you could serve him. Not your, your mistakes aren't looked, not lauded to you. He's your propitiation. He's your sin offering. Amen. Your sins are not known. You're not a sinner before God. Christ took your sins and became you because you desire to serve him. Amen. So you start checking up. I'm just, I'm just trying to help anybody that has question. But I make mistakes. Oh, do, do I have the Holy Ghost? Am I sealed? This is a sister. She had the exact same questions there. And Brother Branham is giving her pure instruction. She says, but I never had an experience that I'd been filled with the Holy Ghost that I could put my foot on. All right? Notice this, he says. Ordinarily, a human being is born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. That's the nature of a human being. Sister Bruce says, yes. That was your nature. It changed once. But what changed it? She says, Christ. There you are, sister. See, that's it. That's it. What changed it? Christ. And your desire is for the word. I make mistakes. That's why there was a sin offering for you and me. For our mistakes. Amen. Right following that service, he goes, it's just what your desire is and what you try to do. And you really love the Lord. Try to serve him with all your heart. And then all your mistakes is hid under the blood of the Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Don't let Satan condemn you for your mistakes. There's a a sacrifice there for that. Amen. Amen? That's what Calvary was for. Don't let Satan bog you down and muddle you down in a mistake you made. Just claim the blood. It's there. Amen. But now check your desire. Have you cleaned? Have you gone to Calvary? And then have you had the Holy Spirit take control and your desires now to him? I mean, that is the, the token we're talking about. If that is there, don't question then whether the token is there. 
If your desire is for him and you can check yourself back to the message and the word, stop wondering. Because that's just going to weaken you. That's what Satan would want to do, to have you completely off course. And whether you're, well, am I saved? Am I I sealed? Am I not sealed? That's exactly where he wants you. Right? But Abraham says, when we accept the sacred blood sacrifice, we accepted his sacrifice blood. He that gives us the life, the token, a seal of his promise. And we know Ephesians 4.30, grieve not. But Abraham says, grieve not the blood. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, he says, whereby ye are. Amen. Covenanted, he said, put away. You are covenanted. You are, he said, a token. The Holy Spirit will be the seal. And when anything else is sealed inside a seal, you better not break it. He said, can't break it. You, not God's seal, no. Not God's seal, no. It can't be broken. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, by which ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. If God is living in you, and your desire is for him, that's your heart for the word, you're sealed. God said, Brother Brown said, can't break it. Amen. This should be helpful to you. Amen. Once the blood was on the little posts, this is the quote I was looking for. Rahab didn't wonder when the rope was hanging out the window when the battle was raging. And she didn't wonder, I I should probably put out another one. They might not see it. Maybe I should put a few more. Maybe it's just a scarlet, you know, little cord. How are they going to see this in this large city wall and my windows here? And what if the spies forget? No, she didn't do that. She didn't do that. They didn't go out and reapply the blood on the doorpost every hour on the hour because they're, you know, it might be. No, they didn't do that either. Once applied. It was finished. One little scarlet thread. It was finished. Amen. The Holy Ghost come into your life and seals your life. It's finished. Amen. There's no wondering. Okay. There's no. It might. No. It's finished work. Can't break the seal. Not God's seal. Amen. Nothing. No devil. No circumstance. No disease. No peril. I don't really care what you want to put there. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. Amen. Brother Brown says one of the greatest curses on the church today is fear. Fear. Says everybody's scared to death. What's going to happen? All these things about themselves. Or who's going to do? What's, what's this? Says why Jesus said, even when the fearful sights come, lift up your head and rejoice. When the death angel came and they were in the house and the blood was across the door, doorposts, they could rejoice because they were saved. Yes, it was a sobering hour. It is a sobering hour. But you could rejoice and say, Lord, thank you. For I am saved, my redemption draws nigh. Amen. Amen. Scripture says we haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father. Amen. Just to nail that down, Brother Branham said, Abraham, he was elected. God chose him, told him what's going to happen. He's going to have a child. They couldn't have a child. You're going to have a child. Your seed is going to be as the sands and stars of the sky. Your childless Sarah is going to go have a child. And that child, he says, is I'm going to save the world with. All before Abraham did anything to merit anything. He says, now before Abraham done one thing to merit it, he just simply, God called him. And if you're a child of God's, he calls you, he elects you, your desire will be toward him. You'll follow his word and you will be filled with the Holy Ghost because you're an elected child of God. That has to happen if you're his. 
Rest in that. Say, Lord, I'm in your complete control. Now we've been constantly saying that the true evidence of being baptized of the Holy Ghost is for the believer to receive the word of the age in which he lives. Smyrna Church age. Brother Brown says that. Rahab heeded her messenger. Israel heeded Moses' message. What about us? We have a message of this hour. He only recognizes the token. God, that's the message of the hour. That's the message of this day. That's the message of this time. In the name of Jesus Christ, receive it. That's our prophet. There it is. Amen. If you're true seed, if you're truly baptized with the Holy Ghost, you will esteem his word above your necessary meat and you and yearn, desire, to live every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. And if that's in your heart, there's your confidence. You can have all confidence in that token if you can identify with that. Amen. Now, if we have a token that we can be confident in, and we're sitting here at the end, and we've met the requirements that God has required of us, He responded to His call, and you can look inside your heart and say, Lord, that's, that's me. That's where I'm at. That same token message, full obedience to the whole word of God, entitles you to the token. We know we've heard this. But now you can have full confidence in what that token and the benefits of that. You know, if you're on a... Uh, if you're going on a flight, like we just gave an example of the token, of getting a token here. And, you know, when you walk through the plane... And if you walk to the plane, and I'm usually generally somewhere at the far back end of the plane, and uh, you pass all those fancy seats at the front of the plane. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Some planes more fancy than others. And some planes have some very fancy cubicles and all these things that are, you know, first class. And you kind of walk by, you know, longingly looking at those, at those seats or whichever and say, man, I wish I was sitting there. But my, my token says otherwise. Right? And just try to sit in one of those chairs with the wrong token. Excuse me, sir, but uh, can I see your token? Uh, wrong seat. You need to move. I'm sure some of us have maybe been there. Not necessarily all the way up at the front trying to get to the back, but another seat. And you say, can I? no, wrong token, please move. Oh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I speak from experience, only once. But, you know, imagine a poor fellow as at the airport, and maybe he's had a tragedy in his family or something, and he has to make a trip, and he doesn't have any funds or nothing to get there. And he's sitting at the at the airport, and he's needing to buy a ticket, and, and you know, I need to get there, and he, he can't, and he's in a bit of a, a bit of a trial. Imagine someone comes up to him, and is a nice benefactor, and buys him a ticket for him, and hands him the boarding pass, and it's first class. And this is what he has now in front of him. And he walks up to that gate now and he's got his token. And he walks into that nice little priority line, you know, that's separated for everybody. It's this special lane right there. Everyone else over there, but this is for the special people and they get to stand. And he stands in there and he probably doesn't, he, maybe he looks a little bit ratty and out of place. And excuse me, sir, this is not for, uh, this is for priority passengers or first class. Oh, but that's what it says. Oh, well, excuse me. 
his token had allowed him to that spot. So then he gets on the plane and he sits down in one of those coveted areas or maybe one of those coveted cubicles if it's a very long flight. And again, uh, excuse me, sir, can I see your, your, your token? I don't think you're, oh, excuse me, you know, enjoy, enjoy the flight. You can't tell me that he wouldn't reap every benefit he could from what his token allows him. All the way down to the real cutlery. Right? He's not going to, well, I, I know I'm allowed to sit there, but I, I'm just going to go to row 55. He's never going to do that because his token allows him so much more. Amen? Our token allows us so much more. Amen? Don't live underprivileged in what we have through Christ. Amen? That's where we are today. I love how Rahab said, Give me a true token. And what that true token was to her, was that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. That's what a true token was to Rahab. Amen? What happened? They were all saved. And you can't tell me that the scarlet rope is less, or I should say more, than what the token is we have this day. If that scarlet rope under that message could save all her family, and her brothers, and her kindred, and all she had under that token, today, our token is much more powerful than a scarlet rope. Amen? Abraham says, see, you want your own safety, you believe for your safety, then apply the token for your whole family. He says, how can I do that? Claim it, he said. It worked for you. The faith that you had to save your soul and to have the token in your life. Amen. He said the same it worked for you. Then you and the word became one. Amen. See, it works for both of you. He says, you and the word are one. Then apply it to your children. Amen. Just like that. Lord, he goes, I'm going after my son or daughter. I claim her. Satan, turn her loose. I'm coming after her. I'm coming after I apply the token, the Holy Spirit that lives within me. Catch my daughter there. Amen. That's the privilege. That's the benefits of our token. Amen. He says, I don't know how you're going to make it. Make her do it. And how you're going to make him do it. But I believe it. I believe it, Lord. Help my unbelief. Amen. He said, claim it and watch what happens. It'll do it. He says, God honors his word. He honored his token then. He honored it in Egypt. He honored it in Jericho. He honored it with Noah. Amen. He says he honors it today. He ever honors his token when it's displayed. But Abraham says one, one, one spot, he says, and you take that token and you hold it over your unwavering faith and hold the token there and say, Lord, this is my need. And you have that token on display. He has to honor his token. He says he honors it when it's displayed. Amen. Musicians can come. The last benefit that I want to talk about with that token that we have in our lives. But Abraham says, well, I'll say first, 
the power. Well, no, he'll say, you are a subject for the resurrection. Because the resurrecting power is already in you. I read that. I said, that is incredible. We can say, Lord, rapturing faith. You know, we need rapturing faith. Just one more step. But he said, because the resurrecting power is already in you. You've received the life of Christ in you already. Amen. And if we have that life in us, it shall quicken your mortal body. Because it raised him from the dead. Already in you is resurrecting power. You just got to believe that it's in you. Amen. Showing that Jesus, the token, is the resurrection power. This is what Brother Ram says. The token is the resurrection power. Showing that Jesus raised up from the dead. And you are raised up from the dead. The dead things of unbelief have been made alive in the word of Christ. In the word of Christ. You believe it. And the word lives in you. It's just that simple. Amen. Resurrection, rapture already in you. For the time, when the time comes, it's already there. If you've got the token life in you, resurrection power is already there. Amen. Where's your confidence today? You know, many of us here are been around the message for a long time. We've grown up, we're saved, and we know. We have confidence, and we know the token that that has been applied in our lives. Maybe we're just living, maybe we're living under privilege. Maybe we haven't taken all of the advantages of what God has laid for us in His Word. Maybe we're way on the other side. I don't know who's all here tonight, but sitting, looking and saying, you know what? I'm not even, I'm not even close. But tonight it's just as simple as putting some blood on the doorway or hanging a cord out the window saying, Lord, I'm not there. And judgment is striking. And I need to be hidden in you. That's why we come to Wednesday night service and Sunday morning and Sunday evening and prayer meetings is because we can check up and say, I'm not there. It's It was a serious time at the Passover. And it's just as serious. We had caught up with so many things of the world and the cares of life. And we put off way out there that actually judgment is on the doorstep. What Butter Brown says, I wonder what that sign is for. We are here today. Why do we stand? You know, Rahab could have been in the Jericho and she could have looked at the fortress and the walls which looked impenetrable. And she could have said, you know what, I'm just going to rather rely on the on the, the walls. They're a lot more solid than this little rope hanging out my window. If I need to escape quickly, that rope's not going to do me much good. I, she could have relied on that. She could have relied on some other thought or some other idea in Moses' day. But they didn't. And Rahab took a hold of that little rope and identified with that message of that day. And I just wonder, just in our own hearts, even preparing for the message, you say, Lord, do I got to clean something out of my life? Is there a little leaven here? Do I got to get it out? Do I need to Clean up. 
checkup. Make sure that I'm in a place where when the death angel came, the blood was on the doorway. We can just bow our heads and we'll maybe just pray. You look in your own heart. It's token time. It's token time. And there's no need to wonder. There's no need to worry. Am I? Or do I have it? Or Just look in your own heart. You know your desire. You know what you're yearning for. Who's on the throne of your heart. And if it's not Christ, well, tonight's for you. Tonight's just a time to say, Lord, I need you on the throne of my heart. It was attainable for Moses' day. It was attainable for Rahab. And it's attainable for you tonight. It's a prayer. It's a hand raise. It's a simple, Lord, in my heart, I need you. Heavenly Father, Lord, you know the people's hearts, Lord, tonight. You know my heart tonight. We just bear ourselves before your word and say, Lord, we just want to have the token applied. We recognize the message of this hour. We recognize the time that we're in. And we need to ensure, Lord, that the blood has been applied. That you will recognize, Lord, our claim on the Calvary's sacrifice. And that your token, Lord, is applied in our life. That, Lord, we could then be safe. Lord, you place, Lord, that yearning in a heart of a believer. Lord, I need you. Tonight, would you meet the need of every soul that's here? Lord, maybe it's just, Lord, one that is needing a benefit and recognizing, Lord, that it's there for them. Maybe it's healing for them, Lord. Maybe it's a family member. Lord, Rahab... On her mind was her family. Lord, that her family would be saved. Her father and her mother, her sisters, her brothers. Lord, tonight we all have family. We can all identify with Rahab, Lord, saying, Oh God, save our families, Lord. Lord, that token worked in Jericho's day. And Lord, this token of this day also works, Lord. There's time and time again, Lord, we know different ones that have had family members, Lord, restored unto them. Lord, we claim it tonight. Lord, I claim it for each one here, Lord. I believe it, Lord. Your word is true. It's amen. And the token, oh God, works. Lord, may we just lay those ones on our hearts tonight. May, Lord, they lay it before you. And with that token, place it before, Lord, their prayer, their unwavering faith. Lord, I don't know how. I don't know what you're going to do. But I believe it. That's all that you require of us, Lord. Believe your word. You do the rest, oh God. We send the Holy Spirit to those, Lord, that are in need. Lord, we believe it tonight. We accept it. Lord, we just want to lay now before your presence, Lord. You do the work, Lord. You work through the hearts of your people. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We can just sing that, Brother Ben. I claim the blood. Jesus
sheltered in the arms of God. So let the storms rage high, the dark clouds arise. They don't worry me, for I'm sheltered within the arms of God. Oh, He walks with me. our shelter, our refuge, amen, in the arms of God, man, you have a wonderful evening, pray something just spoke to you or encouraged you, we can go through the rest of the week telling the Satan what we have confidence in, it's in the Holy Ghost that's living inside of me, and let the storms rage, they don't worry me, amen, let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for this time we had this evening. Just to come around your word, to commune. Fellowship, Lord, on what you have in store for us. and What we have access to, Lord. We don't have no fear, Lord, with you inside of us, Lord. You living our life, Lord. There's nothing to fear. The storm may rage, Lord. The tempest may blow, O oh God. But Lord, may your people recognize that with Christ living inside them, there's nothing to fear, Lord. Lord, we're anchored and steadfast, Lord, in the arms of Christ. Go with each one tonight, Lord. Protect them on their way. Go with them to work through the week, Lord. May they be a testimony, Lord, amongst this world. This gross darkness, Lord, that we live around is getting darker, filthier. But Lord, there's a people, O oh God, that are looking up for the redemption. Indeed, Lord, is drawing nigh. May we be steadfast, Lord, until that time. May we run ever harder, Lord, the race. And Lord, set our eyes on the prize that's before us. Let's not falter, O oh God. And Lord, if there's something, maybe that we need to do a checkup. Maybe we're not living exactly where we need to be. Lord, tonight is an opportunity to come before you and say, Lord, meet my need, Lord. We lay ourselves before you tonight, Lord. Go with each one. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus Christ. Have a good evening.